Everybody that's able to stand, stand to your feet right now because we're going to honor the Lord and we're going to preach His Word. If you're ready for a word, shall bring it on. Praise the Lord. First service was incredible. Second service is going nuclear in the name of Jesus. Listen, I rise to tell you in uncertain times that God has a certain plan for your life. And I'm starting this new series called Reunion. And I want to reunite you with God's purpose and God's plan and God's agenda for your life. And I want to see you reconnected to all that God has for you. Who's ready to walk fully into what God has for you? It's going to be amazing today. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. You by live stream, thanks for tuning in. Genesis 26, 15. Let's look at this together. It's going to be powerful today. The Bible said, now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. This is concerning Isaac. And they filled the wells with earth. And Abimelech, who was king over that portion of the Philistines, said to Isaac, go away from us, watch this, for you are mightier than we are. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again, somebody say again, the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants dug, listen, in the valley. They dug in the valley. Even when you're in the valley, you need to dig. Come on, somebody. And they found a well of running water there. Who's ready to discover new things from God in your life? I want you to tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, dig that well. Come on. Dig that well. Don't give up. God's got fresh plans for you. Dig that well. Don't let the devil convince you that God doesn't know where you are and he's not ushering you into a new season. Somebody say, neighbor, dig that well. Dig, dig that well, dig that well. My God, I feel like preaching. Slip up your hands. Father, release the anointing in this house. May revelation come forth and it just transform people's life. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a shout, amen. Be seated. We're starting this reunion series and I'm all about reuniting you with God's plan and God's purpose for your life. I know some of y'all know about reunited peaches and herbs. Reunited and... See, I'm, I need to give an altar call right now. I need to pray for you right now. God have mercy. But how many of you believe that God still has a plan for your life? Well, come on, make a little noise if you believe that God has a plan for your life. And today, I want to tell you, don't let anything stop you from digging and redigging your wells of destiny. I, true, I truly believe that a great God, hear me now, has great plans for you. But I also know this. The enemy wants to do everything he can to divide you from God's great agenda for your life. And it's time for a reunion. And the word reunion is defined as the coming together of a thing again. It means to come together again. Now, I want to say this. I feel this prophetically in my spirit. Things are coming together again. 
There are things that came together in the past, but the Lord said, get ready, they're coming together again. Mm. I got 12 people who will receive that. You've had some victories in the past. You've had some breakthroughs in the past. You've seen God do some big things in the past, but the Lord dropped me here today to release this word to tell you it's not over. Things are coming together again. Tell your neighbors, say things are coming together again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Opportunities are coming together again. Doors are going to open again. God's going to move in your family again. God's going to reunite you with your purpose and your destiny. If he did it before, he can do it again. Hallelujah. Now, now, it's time for you and me and the church on planet earth to have a reunion with, with the necessary things to see worldwide revival. Now, now know this, before God ever moves in the world, before he ever moves in a nation, a state, even a city or a church, he moves individually. So I want to tell you that God's going to touch us individually. I'm ready for worldwide revival, but I want the revival to start in me. Hallelujah. Now, now much of the church on planet Earth has moved away from God's original intent. And I think much of the modern spirit-filled church, quote, modern spirit-filled church has become so preoccupied with being relevant and being hip and being cool and there's nothing wrong with being relevant but to be relevant without being revolutionary is a waste of time mm. and much of the church has become so preoccupied with being relevant and hip and cool that we've lost our ability to influence the world because we're so much like the world that the world doesn't see any transformation in connecting to the church. That the truth is, if we become the world to win the world, have we won the world or has the world won us? I think in some cases, the world is doing a better job evangelizing the church than the church is doing evangelizing the world. Oh, I said a mouthful right there, hallelujah. Now, now hear me in this room. I want to talk to you personally today. I want to get in your life. I want to talk to you about your reason for being on planet Earth. And, and through this series, I want you to understand as I talk to you personally that I not only want to connect you to God's plan for your life, but in connecting you, my underlying agenda is I want to connect the church as a whole to what God has called us to do and what God has called us to be. And just as Isaac redug the wells of his father, the, the wells that his father had dug years before, it would pay us. It would help us, it would encourage us, it would bring us victory to redig some of our ancestral spiritual wells that have been stopped up. Uh, now, now, now let me tell you, when I talk about redigging ancient wells, I'm not talking about redigging some kind of wells or, or going back to a religious time frame where we uh, are, are connected to antiquated philosophies or ministry strategies that are no longer relevant or productive. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this, it's time, hear me now, young person, listen, it's time to pay close attention to the past. 
young preacher, young leader, it's time to pay close attention to the past. We need to discover what was it that those old timers had that caused them to have the ability to take their cities and turn entire nations upside down without a mailing list, without email, without Instagram, without Twitter, without Facebook, what was the stuff that they had that when they walked into a city, there was so much glory and anointing on their life that they turned the city upside down? Mm. How many of you want to get that kind of power at work in your life? Come on, make a little noise if that's you in the room. That, that's what I'm after. And, and these are ancient wells that the church needs to redig. We need to get back to the word, back to worship, back to preaching. Come on, somebody. Back to the altars, back to the outpouring, back to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, back to baptizing, back to the blood, back to the truth. Nobody's shouting now, but I'll go, I'll go back there if I got to go by myself. But how many of you say that's what the church has got to get back to? That's the truth, precious. And here's what I've found. Sometimes the key to moving forward is found in a reconnection to the past. And so we're going to talk about it today. So tell your neighbor, say, dig that well. Come on, make sure they're awake. Push them one time and say, dig that well. Some of y'all say, I don't even know them. Push them anyway. Hallelujah. Number one, I want you to redig the well of purpose. It's time to reacquaint and reconnect yourself with God's given, God, with a God-given, God-ordained purpose. Now, if we're not careful, life can happen to us. Have you ever had life happen to you and pull you away from God's original intent for your life? And here's what I've come to understand. The most productive people on planet Earth are those who understand their purpose and are committed to fulfilling it. God has a divine purpose for your life wherever you are in life. Whether you've got more winter in your hair than spring, as long as you're here, God's got a plan for you. In fact, God's got a purpose for you. If you're 15 or 85, 90, 95, if you're 14 or 40, God's got a purpose for you. Come on, God's got a plan for you. And here's what I've learned. See, I want to do things that are pertinent to my purpose. I want to get involved in things that push me toward my purpose. Here's what I've learned at 53. I've learned something very important. Every door is not my door. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. I said every door is not my door. Every opportunity is not my opportunity. Every chance is not my chance. So I've learned the value of saying, no, that's not for me. No, that doesn't feed my purpose or my destiny. See, if it doesn't propel me forward in my purpose, thank you, but no thank you. Can I get a witness in the house? So many times we, we end up doing things that don't have anything to do with our purpose and the enemy pulls us away. Can I give you a side note? Some of you are crying over doors that close. Some of you are weeping over seasons that change. The truth of the matter is you better thank God that that door closed because that was not your door. 
Oh my goodness, some of you are still weeping over who left you, who's not with you anymore. You need to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you walking out made me know that you weren't pertinent to my purpose because everything I need is either with me or it's on the way. Oh, glory to God. You missed a good place to shout right there. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, everything you need is either with you or it's on the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything for your purpose. Good God, I know I'm just getting started, but give God a shout if you believe it just like that. That's what I believe. So I'm learning to stay connected to what propels me toward my purpose. You need discernment. And listen, listen to me. To succeed at something that is not your purpose is to fail. I've said that for years. I don't want wrong success. I want success that is connected to my purpose. You have to protect your purpose because your purpose is precious. And periodically, and I believe today is an essential day for many of you in this room, you need to go back and redig the well of purpose. God, why am I here? God, what do you want with my life? What is your agenda for my life? What are your plans for my life? I don't need my neighbor's plans. I don't need my mother-in-law's plans. Lord, what are your plans for my life? Now, a man who understood who he was as it pertains to his purpose is a king named Solomon. Solomon said in 1 Kings 5, 5, and so it is my purpose to make a house for the name of the Lord my God as he said to David my father, your son, whom I will make king in your place will be the builder of a house for my name. Solomon was bad to the bone, and one of the reasons he was bad to the bone was he understood his purpose. He knew what God had called him to do. And listen, Solomon was all in. His greatest desire was to fulfill his purpose in God, to, be, to, to build a temple, a house for his great God. Hear me, know your purpose. You need to know your purpose purpose because when you know your purpose and you're all in, you will fulfill that purpose and you will bring it to pass. Now, I want you to know about a man in our text. I want you to understand who he was. We talked about a man named Abimelech. And Abimelech, in verse 16, he is actually a king. He's the king of that group of the Philistines. And the Bible said, Abimelech the king, somebody say he was a king. Abimelech the king said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we are. Can you imagine this? Here is a king in charge of a kingdom. He's got resources. He's probably got armies. He's probably got everything imaginable. But here is a king with a kingdom threatened by one family. A whole kingdom threatened by one family. 
Talk about insecurity. Talk about insecurity. R remember, this should have never happened. He's a king in charge of a kingdom, but one family starts being blessed and he gets afraid. See, Isaac was awake and alive to his purpose in God. He's leading his family to that purpose and this king with an entire kingdom is threatened. Let me tell you something, precious. Never be surprised when insecure people who don't understand their purpose and do nothing to fulfill it all of a sudden are threatened when you decide to fulfill yours. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's par for the course. You always going to have player haters. You're going to always have somebody who will rise up against you and hate you for doing what God has called you to do. That you know haters, you deal with haters. They sit around eating hater chips. Come on, drinking haterade. Can I get a witness in the house? You know who they are. But years ago, I heard somebody say, you need to make your haters your elevators. Can I get a witness in the house? Sometimes you got to make up in your mind that I'm not going to let someone who doesn't understand understand their purpose robbed me of fulfilling mine. This man who had power, this man who had resources, this man who had influence, this man who was a king got upset when and threatened by one family when one man rose up to, 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 to declare, man, we are going to fulfill our purpose. Now, this is crystallized when you define Abimelech's name. Because if you study the name Abimelech, Abimelech's name means this. His name means my father is king. Mm. Catch this. He knew who his father was. He knew his father's purpose. He just didn't know who he was. It's one thing to know who somebody else is. It's one thing to know who your daddy is. It's one thing to know who your mother is or who your pastor is. But the question is, not do you know who I am, not to know who you, uh, do you know who your daddy is or your mama is or some evangelist or some prophet? Do you know who you are? Do you know your purpose? Do you know that God has got his hand on you? Do you know that you don't have to run from one meeting to another, from one place to the next, that the same God who heals in this building can heal in your car? Oh, I wish somebody would shout if you're tracking with me today. You need to know who you are. Tell your neighbor, know who you are. This man knew who his father was. He just didn't know who he was. And I've watched people, they know who everybody else is. They can tell you everybody else's business. Come on, somebody. They can tell you everybody else's stuff and everybody else's thing. But here's what the Lord says. It's time for you to know who you are. It's time for you to get connected to your purpose. That, that I hear the Lord say, I got a plan for their lives that if they knew it, they would break their neck giving me praise right now. And they need to stop looking at what that somebody else is doing because God said, I got a plan for you. I got a plan for your family. Come on, I wish somebody would give him a praise right now. Tell your neighbor you have a purpose. You need to redig that well of purpose. You need to say, God, put me back in touch with your original intent. See, see, you know that it's time to redig the well of purpose when you are threatened, when you trip. Come on, somebody. When somebody else fulfills theirs. When you are threatened by another person who fulfills theirs. Now, I want, just want you to tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. In fact, shake them up, wake them up. Come on, come on. Come on, don't make me come down there. 
Get your neighbor by the hand and shake him up. Come on. And tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Holler at him, say neighbor. Do your thing. Don't say do your thing, say do your thing. And when you succeed, say when you succeed, I'll be rooting for you. Cause I'm next. Yeah, 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 I'm next. God didn't put this in me for it to die. God didn't show me that. He wasn't just playing with me. I believe my purpose is precious and it's gonna come to pass. One, two, three, give God a shout. So number one, redig the, the well of purpose. Number two, redig the well of fresh vision. Notice, precious, that I said fresh vision. I don't want just vision. I want fresh vision. I said, I don't want just vision. I want fresh vision. See, vision declares, God, what have you said? Vision is looking back and saying, God, what did you say to me? But fresh vision cries, God, what are you saying now? So many people, so many people, they just live on what God said and where God was. But let me tell you something, baby. I don't wanna just know what God said. What are you saying right now? God, give me fresh vision. Say, say, Lord, give me fresh vision. What are you saying to me right now? When I came here 20 years ago, God gave me all kind of vision for you. He gave me a vision for you, for your family, for your children, for your grandchildren. He gave me vision for buildings. He gave me vision to get in faith. He gave me vision for missions, and I thank God for that. I wouldn't be where I am without God's vision for my life. I humble down and I say, God, it's all you. It's all you. I wouldn't even be here without your vision. But I'm so glad that I'm not living on yesterday's vision. I'm not, uh, I got fresh vision. I've been talking five, 10 years with my staff, where we're headed, what we're gonna do, how we're gonna take the world with the power of Jesus Christ and his gospel and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I wonder if there's anybody here, you don't wanna be where God was, and you're thankful for where that vision took you, but you're ready for God to give you fresh vision. Oh, I feel like talking to somebody here today. I'm gonna jump down on the front row and say, amen, Pastor Rayleigh, preach to me, because I'm preaching to myself this morning. I wanna tell somebody God's got a fresh vision for you. He's got a fresh vision for your family. He's got a fresh vision for your ministry. He's got a fresh vision for your career. He's got a fresh vision for you to fulfill. Somebody give God praise for fresh vision. Praise the Lord. See, see, fresh vision says, God, what are you saying right now? Now, if you, if you do what Habakkuk said, Habakkuk said, write the vision down, come on, and make it plain. Write it down and make it plain. Now, now check this out. I understand vision then to be a living document. In other words, the vision that God has given me He's always fine-tuning it. He can always open it up. He can always enlarge it. Mm. Can we get a little bit crazy? Somebody slip up your hands and say, God, enlarge my vision. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You've been praying for God to enlarge you. God said, I'm going to enlarge your vision before I enlarge you. You've been praying for God to enlarge your, you monetarily, your career, your ministry. God said, before I can ever enlarge the things around you, i got to enlarge you. So, Lord, enlarge my vision. Enlarge my expectation. Let me stop thinking big, little, and let me start thinking big because... Listen, there's a little bitty devil, but there's a great big God, and he's given you great big vision. Now, Proverbs said, where there is no vision, watch this, the people perish. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, now check this out. The word vision there is the word chazon, and it's given by divine communication. It is something that comes from God himself. And that's the vision I'm after. I want my vision to come from God. I want my vision for my destiny, for my future, for my church, for my family. I want to download from heaven. How many of you want to download from heaven for your next season? Come on. Now listen, in Proverbs 29, it said where there is no vision, where there is no God-given divine communication, the people perish. Now, Now the word perish there, it literally means they cast off restraint. It means that they die. You know why? Because when they don't have a vision, all they see is all there is. And so they live in the moment. They make crazy decisions. That's why somebody has an affair and steps out on their wives and their children or their husbands and their families because they've lost the vision and they live in the moment. They cast off restraint. But when you really have a vision from the Lord, Oh, hallelujah. It affects how you live. It affects how you talk. It affects how you walk. There's some things Jim Rayleigh's not going to get involved in because the vision for my life is too great. There's some things I cannot do. There's some connections I cannot make. There's some relationships I cannot have. There's some things that I cannot be a part of. You know why? Because I'm living with a vision in mind, so it restrains me. It keeps me from acting crazy. It keeps me in my house. It keeps me with my wife. I wish I could talk to real people. It affects the way I live. It affects the way I talk. It affects the people I choose to hang out with. I can't hang out with everybody. Listen, listen, if you're hanging out with a whole group of hoochies, you ain't the only Virgin Mary among them. Come on, somebody, because birds of a feather flock together. Y'all ain't ain't amening me now. The truth is, if you want to know who you are, check out who you're hanging with. But see, there are some things I'm restrained from. I'm restrained from some behavior. You know why? Because I got a vision from God, and that vision causes me to walk with integrity. That vision causes me not to be full of pride. That vision causes me to walk in humility. That vision causes me to love mercy. That vision keeps me faithful to my wife. That vision keeps me faithful to my children. That vision keeps me directional in my preaching. I I dare somebody right now who wants the kind of vision that modifies the way you live give God a praise right now hallelujah and you can't be surprised when some people don't understand why you live the way you live it's because the vision for your life is so great and the Bible says where there is no vision watch the people perish But check this out. Here's what I've learned. If people perish without a vision, then they live 
when there is a vision. A God-given vision produces life. I've heard people say through the years, get a life. You want to get a life, get a vision. Before you ever get a life, you got to get a vision. There's life in your God-given vision. If you don't get a vision, you are trapped. You, see, here's the deal. Vision gives you the ability to see beyond where you are at the present moment. It gives you the ability to see beyond your present circumstances. And without it, all you see is all there is. If you don't have a vision, all you're going to be able to see is all that there is right around you. But when you get a vision and you begin to see more, <laughs> you see more for your family, you see more for your purpose, you see more for your ministry, you see more for your career, you see more for yourself. Tell your neighbor there's more. Yeah, yeah, the enemy wants you to look at the moment that you're in. He wants to trap you, young man, in the moment. But let me tell you, the best is yet to come if you follow the vision of the Lord for your life. Tell your neighbor there's more. See, so often we are trapped just by what we see. We are trapped in the moment and we, we keep our head down and we keep our emotions down and we, everything is down and we can't see nothing. And this is how the enemy wants you to look. But let me tell you, a God-given vision will cause you to lift your head. See, if I want to get to that chair over there, if I just look here, all I see is this space. I don't know where the chair is. I don't know how to get to the chair. I would love to go to the chair, but when I let the Lord lift up my head, all of a sudden I see that there is a destination there. I may have to go through something to get to it, but I'm going to get to it. The Lord brought me here to tell somebody, it's time to lift up your head, that there's more than what you think. And don't just go to any destination. You got to go to the place that God is calling you to go. Now check this out. It was the Philistines that were resisting the vision of God for Isaac. And if you define the word Philistines, we're going to really trace this name for a minute. The, the, the name Philistines, it means this, those who journey, immigrants, those who go from place to place. Those who run here and those who run there. Those who never get settled. Have you known any Philistines in your life? Oh, come on, they never get settled. See, yeah, somebody, it can be a friend, it can be a co-worker, they can have your last name. Can I get a witness? They run in here, they, they do this for a minute and then they run there. They run to Calvary for a while and then they run to Hope Fellowship. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Then they run to Tomoka. Then they run to Riverbend. I wish I could talk to real people. Then they run to Allen. Where's the real folk at? Then they run to Friendship, Greater Friendship. And then they run all the way back to Calvary. And they never settled. You know why? Because baby, at some point you gotta realize the problem ain't the church. It's not the pastor, it's not the music, it's not the youth department. Sometimes you gotta say, God, help me to get down to business and stick with where you call me to be. You got the spirit of a Philistine 
You're running here and running there. One job to another job. One woman to another woman. The last 12 women wasn't good for you. Good for you and the next 12 women won't be. So you say, God, what is your plan for my life? Preach, Pastor Ray. Yeah. Sojourners, runners, never satisfied. People who never buckle down and stick with it will never be satisfied. You'll run from here. You'll have the spirit of a Philistine. But also, if you trace the word Philistine, it means those who roll and wallow in the dust. Those who hang out in the dust. They can't see beyond where they are because they are in the dust. And let me tell you something. It's time to get out of the dirt. It's time to get out of the dust. It's time to stop wallowing in what went wrong. It's time to stop wallowing in your past. It's time to stop wallowing in, oh, they, they did me wrong. He, he hurt me and he, he, she hurt me in 2010. I'm telling you, I'm still not over what happened in 2010. You know, Henry, Henry did me wrong in 1988. I can't make it anymore. Henry messed me over. Henry is on my last nerve. And you trying to impress Henry. You bought you a Toyota Camry because you thought Henry would see it and you're walking around in your Toyota Camry and Henry ain't even studying you. Henry's had five relationships since you and he's in an alternative lifestyle right now. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Henry done forgot you. He ain't even your friend on Facebook. And you sitting around trying to worry what Henry said. When are you gonna say, God, I don't care what anybody said. Let me get myself out of the dirt of the past and let me have clarity for the future. Make a little noise if you're ready for clarity. I said make a little noise if you're ready for clarity. Henry don't care. Here's, here's what I found out. People who have the spirit of a Philistine, they run here, they run there. They live in the dust, the dirt. And, and their future is unclear. But not only is their future unclear, they confuse right now. They don't, they, they don't even know where they are right now. They can't even see where they are right now. So if you don't know where you are now, how in the world will you ever get to where you're going? See, I, de mm, I decree that in the next season, you're gonna have clarity about where you are right now. Uh, come on, somebody received this. I said, I decree in the name of Jesus that you're gonna have clarity for where you are right now. Somebody say right now. And with clarity about where you are right now, you're gonna step into everything that God has for you. Now, one, two, three, give God a shout in the house. I said give him a shout in the house. Glory to his name. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. Dig that well. Dig that well. 
See, the well was already there. When he redug his father's well, the well was already there. Isaac just had to get the mess out of the way so he could see it. And I've come to tell you, get the mess out of the way. Get, get the doubt out of the way. Get the laziness out of the way. Get the fear out of the way. Get the worry out of the way. Get the opinions of others out of the way. Get the compromise out of the way. Get the attitude out of the way. Get the drama out of the way. Get the bondage out of the way. I better watch myself because I'm about to say too much. Get the booty calls out of the way. Get the sleeping around out of the way. Get the gossip out of the way. Get the cussing out of the way. Get the compromise out of the way. Get it out of the way, baby. And all of a sudden, your future will crystallize before your eyes. Lift up your head. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. Dig that well, dig that well, dig that well, dig that well. See, you'd be surprised at what you would rediscover if you would just dig the well. Isaac had to move all the stuff out of the way that was stopping him from seeing what God had ordained would be his. So he moved the stuff out of the way. So number one, redig a well of purpose. Number two, redig a well of, of, of vision. But number three, redig the well of joy. See, I don't know about you, but let me be clear, this is a biggie. I have decided this. I'm gonna live my life with joy. Yeah. I'm gonna be happy. If you don't like it, I'm gonna be happy anyway. I'm gonna have joy. I'm gonna laugh a lot. I'm gonna smile a lot. And even people that get on my last nerve, I'm just gonna laugh. I'm just gonna smile. I have had a person in my, I can't really tell too much, but there have been people in my life periodically, I think they have been assigned by the enemy to try to suck the joy out of my life. How many of you have had people that were on assignment, they were joy suckers? And when you walked in the room, they just sucked joy out of you. And yesterday I was dealing with a joy sucker and y'all say, I can't believe he's saying that. Yes, I am just trying to suck all the joy out of my life, just complaining. I walked in the room, like a chainsaw, just going round, round, round. And you know what happened to me? I don't, I can't even tell you. I got tickled. I started laughing. And I just, ha. Huh. Ha, huh. And before I knew what had happened, all that negativity that was trying to come on me, I pushed that mess off and I said, God, you've been way too good for me to live right here. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, dig that well. It's time for you to stop letting people rob you of your joy. It's time for you to stop letting people at your workplace rob you of your joy. It's time for you to go to work with joy. It's time for you to go home with joy. Oh, listen, Sunday, this Monday, when you go to work, how many of y'all have had some problems at work before? I'm gonna wave. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pay down on the breakthrough that you're gonna have at work. I want you to get to work, and I want you to walk around the office. Just, oh, praise God, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. You're at work today. Go find that, that, that ornery staff member and just say, glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No, don't do that. But just say, thank you, Jesus. And then go to the bathroom and get in the handicapped bathroom because you're going to need some room. And say, God, I'm going to dance in advance and I'm going to have joy today. How many of you are ready to set things up and get some joy in your life? Tell your neighbor, say, dig that well. Dig that well, dig that well. And here's what I've decided. I'm not going to have tomorrow joy. I'm not going to have next week joy. I'm not going to have just the right moment joy. I'm not going to have joy because I got to this place or the other place. I'm going to have joy right now. Even if I don't have everything I want, I'm going to have so much joy that it is outrageous and contagious. I'm going to have so much joy. And you know what? That person I was sitting with, before I left, they were laughing and they were giggling. And they, you know why? Because joy is greater than depression. Joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is greater than the depression of the devil. Good God Almighty. Somebody raise your hands and say, I will dig a well of joy where I am right now. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna have joy right now. Now, now understand this. Did you know that a large percentage of the world's drinking water is actually underground? I learned this from Professor Google. Don't act like you're not smarter because of Google. <laughs> Rain falls and seeps into the ground. And the water travels under the ground through water carrying rocks, sand, and gravel, and rock strata. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Rock strata called aquifers. So, so here's what I'm trying to tell you. The water is there even when you can't see it. My God, I'm trying to close. I said the water is there even when you can't see it. And I come to prophesy to somebody and tell you God has unseen resources that you can't see right now. But if you just keep digging, they will come to pass. Raise your hands and declare this. Say, I'm going to live in joy because the unseen resources of heaven are gonna manifest in my life if I just keep digging. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't quit, just keep digging. Don't quit, just keep digging. Redig the well of joy and watch God blow your mind. Redig it. I tell you, neighbor, dig that well. Oh, yeah, I wish y'all would get with me just a minute here today. Say, dig that well. 
Oh, I wish I had a church here this morning. I said, tell your neighbor, dig that well. There's joy if you'll keep digging. There's victory if you'll keep digging. There's healing if you'll keep digging. There's power if you'll keep digging. There's purpose if you'll keep digging. There's healing if you'll keep digging. Touch three people and say, dig that well. One, two, three, give God a shout. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The Bible says in Isaiah 12, with joy, somebody say joy. You will draw water from the wells of salvation. Stand to your feet if you're ready to live with joy right now. One, two, three, give God a praise. I'm gonna live with joy. Isaac did three things. He built an altar, he pitched a tent, and he dug a well. He built the altar and said, God, I'm believing in you. I'm standing on your word. I'm believing for my family. I'm believing for my breakthrough. You need to build an altar. But then he pitched the tent and he said, God, I ain't walking away from it till I strike what I believe I'm gonna see that you have promised me. Tell your neighbor, stay where you are. Just stay committed, God will bring it to pass. And then he dug that well. Somebody needs to tell your neighbor, say, dig that well. Oh, Jesus. Dig that well till your children are saved. Dig that well till you get the degree. Dig that well till your money comes right. Dig that well till your healing manifests. Dig that well. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, you can just stand there, but I'm about to give God a praise for the unseen resources of heaven that are gonna manifest in my life. Hallelujah! Dig that well. Now, I'm gonna have joy. I mean, joy. I mean joy. I mean joy. I mean joy. I mean don't don't joy. I'm gonna have a great week. I just decided. But, but here's 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 how I've done it. I'm gonna close this. I don't know if I should tell y'all this. I told first service, I wasn't gonna tell them. I don't know how much trouble I'm gonna get in, but I, they promised not to tell nobody. So if I tell you this and 5,000 other people, don't tell nobody. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm older now, I ain't old. 
Pastor Troy is old. <laughs> but um, I was, this last week, one of my buddies now that I love a lot is, is Pastor Rod Parsley. And, you know, I've been there and preached for him. And I just, I love him. I just do. I, I've learned to honor people who have a touch of God on their lives. I don't have to agree with everything everybody says to honor them. If you're waiting for that kind of man, you ain't going to love me because you'll never agree with me with everything I say. But so he asked me to come up because he was having a Dominion camp meeting. And uh, he wanted me to, to hang out. And so I said, cool. I, I, I just want to come and honor you, Pastor Rod. Man's turning 60 years old and he's touched the world for the Lord. You honor somebody like that. And uh, so he's, I'm sitting right on the front row, 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. 100 million homes on the Word Network. We live. And I'm just enjoying church, having a good time. And Pastor Rod's about to preach, and I'm there only to support him, not even preaching that night. And that's unusual for me to travel and not be preaching. And so I'm sitting on the front row, on the dead front row. And I sit down, and I hear an explosion. I'm like, what is that? And then I feel a draft. And I realize that I have split my pants. From thy kingdom come to thy will be done. I split my pants from the alpha to the omega. Come on, somebody. The split was so big you could pass a basketball through it. I am not lying. I have a picture of it. So I'm sitting on the front row. In my 30s, I would have tripped out. In my 30s, I would have been weeping and, oh, Jesus, oh, God. But I sat there, and Pastor Rod stayed in my grill the whole night. He would be right up on me preaching, Jim Rayleigh, just preaching on thousands of people, 100 million homes, and I would feel like I need to stand up and affirm him, so I'd stand up and pull my jacket down like that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I'm just saying, God, if I could just make it through this trial. And I think I've got it under control. And I sit back down, when all of a sudden, Pastor Rod says, Pastor Jim Rayleigh, get up here. And I'm like, do I go up there or do I just fall out in the Holy Ghost right here? What do I do? So I stand up like this, walking to the stage. And I'm praying all the way up. Lord, don't let me fall out in the Holy Spirit. If I fall out in the Spirit, because I can't remember if I got on green underwear or not. If I fall out in the Spirit and I get up, I am going to absolutely moon the whole Word Network and 4,000 people because they will have that camera right on me. And I'm telling you, I prayed all the way up. God, please have mercy on your son. Don't let me fall out in the Spirit today. Touch me any way you want to touch me, but Lord, let me stay on my feet. Pastor Rod prayed for me. Everybody's fell out in the Holy Ghost. 
He lays hands on me, I pull my jacket down, and I shout like this, hallelujah, and I receive it. Now listen, in the old days, I would have been so upset and so uptight, but I laughed until I cried. You know why? Because that ain't the first thing that's ripped in my life, but God put it all back together, and I need to tell somebody, don't get caught up in what's going wrong. If you're gonna live with joy, make a little noise. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. Dig that well. The good news is my pants are strong today. (laughs) Dig that well. Dig that well of purpose. Dig that well of vision. Dig that well of joy. Now this was only part one. Part two is coming next Sunday. But who feels like you heard from the Lord today? Remember now what Isaac did. He built an altar. He pitched a tent. He dug a well. What do you need God to do? Build an altar. Lord, help me reconnect to my purpose. Give me fresh vision for my life. Give me joy. Built an altar. Pitch a tent. God, I'm here to stay. I know what you said about my daughter. I know what you said about my family. I'm here to stay. (laughs) Dig a well. Dig that well. Somebody's career is going to advance. See what happened? Oh, I felt that prophetically. Somebody's children are coming in. Somebody's son is coming back. Somebody's son is coming back. Somebody's daughter. Somebody's going to receive in the next six months. Last Sunday marked the halfway point for the year. The next half of the year. If you'll build an altar, pitch the tent, and dig that well. Who's going to do that? Who's going to do it? God's not through and he's not through with you. I love you. And you can't tell nobody the last story I just told you. But with heads bowed and eyes closed. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. You're so good to us, Jesus. You're so good to us, Jesus, Jesus. You're so good to us, Jesus. I lift my hands to you, Jesus. 
Oh, the glory of the Lord is in this place right now. I lift my hands to you, Jesus. Have your way in my life. Come on. Where are the worshipers? Have your way in my life, Jesus. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Oh, you're worthy, you're worthy, Jesus. I'm gonna build an altar, I'm gonna pitch it in, I'm gonna dig that well, yes I am. With heads bowed and eyes closed, heaven is in this house right now. If you're in this room and you would say, Pastor Jim Rayleigh, there's things in my life that ought not be there that keep me from the Lord, that alienate me and separate me from Him. I need vision, Pastor Jim, I need purpose, I need joy. The enemy's crept in and stolen it, and I'm not where I need to be with the Lord, Pastor. And when you pray for somebody, pray for me. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, when I count to three, raise your hands. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One, remember me, Pastor. Hands are already being lifted. Two, since you're praying, Pastor, I got some things I need to get under the blood, get right between me and God. When you pray, Jim, really pray for me. Three, slip that hand up across the room, hold it up. Hallelujah. I need a new beginning, Pastor. I need to get some things under the blood, some compromises, some sin. I need clarity. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If that's you, raise your hands. I'm, I'm giving you this. Many have already raised your hands, but if you need to raise it, if you raised it, keep it up. But if you haven't raised it yet, in this five seconds, raise it now. Five. God's talking to you. Four. That's it in the back. God's talking to you, sisters, brothers. Three. God's talking to you. Two. Hallelujah. God's talking to you, young person. Two. One zero now if you raised your hand hold that hand up hold it up if you really meant business with the Lord and you're ready for a new season and a new beginning I want you to make a move right now I want you to come you won't come by yourself if somebody next to you raised their hand I want you to move back and I want you to let them come right now everybody that raised your hand come to the front right now and I'm gonna pray with you this is you stepping into a new season I bet if you'll clap Scores of people are going to come today. I bet if you'll really clap, if you'll really clap. Hallelujah. Come on, we're digging a well today. We're digging a well today. Yes, we are. Oh, you ought to give God a shout. The altars are full today. You ought to give, I wish you would praise him like you believed he's at work. Wow, proud of you, proud of you, proud of you, proud of you, man. Hand on your heart. What's your name? I'm proud of you, honey. God's got such a good plan for your life. The best is coming for you, little girl. You be encouraged. I'm talking to you like a daddy. The best is coming for your life. Dig that well. Proud of you. Hand on your heart right here. Raise your other hand. Now for some of you, this is going to be a recommitment to God. Some of you, it's going to be dusting off your life. And some of you, this is going to be a commitment to the Lord. Whatever it is, just make it real. Everybody in the room, 
pray this prayer after me. Pray it loud and strong, everybody on the stage. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart and wash it clean in your precious blood. I need to reconnect with your purpose for my life. I need vision. I need joy. I built an altar. I build an altar. I pitch a tent. I dig that well. And I say, Lord, have your way in my life. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. All of you, you guys stay right where you are. All of you, touch your neighbor on the shoulder. Will you do that? Now I'm going to ask you guys to do something for me. I have a prayer, a prayer team all around you. And I have something for you right here in the chapel. I, wanna, I want you to go right there. I want everybody to turn and head that direction. Come on and give us a minute with you. Hallelujah. We want to ensure this. Come right this way, son. Right this way. Bless you, darling. Amen. Man, you ought to give God a clap for all these people. Bless you, honey. You can do a little better than that. Look at this. How are you? Thank you. Hey there. Oh, this is what it's all about. Now, touch that neighbor's shoulder. I went a little bit long today, but it was Pastor John's fault. So, wasn't it Pastor John's fault? Maybe so. He's pointing at somebody else. How many of you are glad when it goes a little bit long? You don't even care. Come on. Hold that neighbor's shoulder. Wednesday night, let's have some fun. Come out. If you're visiting and I haven't met you, stop in the back because I want to meet you. Pray with us, buddy. I don't know about you, but I just feel like it was a good day to come to church today. I'm better because of it. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day. God, I pray, Lord, that today would be a day, Lord, where we recognize that you're not finished with us. That, Lord, our greatest days are still beyond us. That, God, you still have a plan, a purpose, and a hope. Now, God, I ask one thing. As we start this journey, Lord, let us remain, Lord, aware of the promise that you who have begun a good work are faithful to finish the things that you start. Be with us now as we discover our purpose, as we reunite, Lord, with your plan and use us for your glory and we'll give you praise for it all in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give God one more praise today. Don't miss Wednesday night, family night. Hug a few people on your way out. Shake a few hands. If you're new, see pastor in the back. God bless you and we will see you Wednesday.